MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Today, a federal judge has ordered John Eastman to hand over several more emails subject to the crime fraud exception. Trump has been deposed in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. The CEO of Fox News is set for deposition in the Dominion defamation case. Trump has admitted on tape that the Kim Jong-un letters were classified. And an Arizona GOP candidate is arrested for masturbating in front of a preschool. I'm Allison Gill. Jesus Christ. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Yeah, I know. I, I, I had no other way to write that headline other than what it was. I mean, with, uh, but, yeah, uh, let's just move. Uh, on. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I know. And I, I took the story. I didn't give it to you. So. Oh, thank you. I owe you one. Although maybe <laughs> we're even for some of the shit you've made me <laughs> like the fucking text messages from yesterday. Of, oh, I just can't get I can't wait to get. OK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the good news is MSNBC has confirmed Donald Trump was deposed today in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. And that E. Jean's lawyers have asked, again, for Donald's DNA to prove that he's lying. This isn't a criminal rape case there. You know, this is a defamation case. And he's saying E. Jean is lying and she is trying to prove that he's lying about her lying. And so the DNA would clear it all up. So they've asked for it again. Later in the show, I'm going to be speaking with Miriam T. She is hosting a PG, awesome, family-friendly Disney villain trivia. Oh, that sounds fun. At a local bakery this Saturday called Mmm Cakes. And of course, <laughs> I wish people could have seen your face right now when you said Mmm Cakes. cakes. <laughs> and of course, the local Republican MAGA council running for council, city council, Marcus Contreras, is attacking this and they are getting death threats and the community has oh, rallied boy. around this. Good. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking with my friend Miriam T. She is hosting as Ursula, by the way. Not like, anyway. Um, <laughs> but just, is she purple? Because if she's not purple, mm, yeah, she we can't have a play dis- Ursula. We have a discussion about that. So anyway, it's uh, I'm, I'm just really heartened by the community rallying around uh, this bakery and my friend and the people of Chula Vista. So we're going to talk to her a little bit later in the show. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, cool. We have a lot of news to get to and some good news, too. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. A federal judge on Wednesday ordered the release of emails from John Eastman, a former Trump attorney, to House investigators on January 6th committee, saying the communications were made in furtherance of crimes related to Trump's efforts to subvert the 2020 election, namely 18 U.S. Code 371, defrauding the United States conspiracy, and 18 U.S. Code 1512 C2, obstructing or delaying of official proceeding. Crimes and crimes and crimes and crimes. Indeed. Quote, the emails show that President Trump knew that the specific numbers of voter fraud were wrong, but continued to tout those numbers both in court and to the public. That's what Judge Carter wrote. Judge Carter is the judge who, by the way, handed over the original, like in the first batch, John Eastman emails for the crime fraud exception. Quote, the court finds that these emails are sufficiently related to and in furtherance of a conspiracy to defraud the United States. Carter, who sits on the federal district court in Central California, already released many of Eastman's emails from around January 2021 to the House Select Committee. 
But the two sides were still arguing over 562 additional documents from Eastman's Chapman University email account. For eight of the 500 plus Eastman documents, eight of them, the judge was examining. Well, the judge was examining 562. Eight of those could be released because they fit into the so-called crime fraud exception, which allows disclosure of otherwise privileged materials if the communications were related to or in furtherance of crimes. Uh, Four of the documents were from email threads discussing prospective election litigation. In them, Carter wrote, quote, Dr. Eastman and other attorneys suggest that, irrespective of the merits, the primary goal of filing is to delay or otherwise disrupt the January 6th vote. Carter's new order cited one email where Trump's attorneys state that, quote, merely having this case pending in the Supreme Court and not ruled on may be enough to delay consideration of Georgia. Quote, this email read in context with other documents in this review make clear the President Trump filed certain lawsuits not to obtain legal relief, but to disrupt or delay the January 6th congressional proceedings through the courts. Ooh, that is going to piss off the courts. It's going to oh, piss yeah. off the DOJ. It's going to piss off Georgia, Fonnie Willis. Quote, the court finds that these four documents are sufficiently related to and in furtherance of the obstruction crime. Four other emails the judge is ordering to disclose demonstrate an effort by Trump and his attorneys to press false claims in federal court for the purpose of delaying the January 6th vote. Carter pointed to litigation that Trump filed challenging the election results in Georgia. The judge went on to cite a December 2020 email where John Eastman said that Trump had been made aware that some of the allegations of voter fraud in an early December state court election challenge were inaccurate. According to Carter, Eastman wrote, although the president signed a verification for the state court filing back on December 1st, he has since been made aware that some of the allegations and evidence proffered by the experts has been inaccurate. For him to sign a new verification with that knowledge would not be accurate. Yet, Trump and his attorneys went on file, and they went on to file a federal lawsuit referencing the same inaccurate numbers. The federal lawsuit Trump's attorneys filed did not incorporate the numbers in the body of the complaint, but rather the lawsuit included as an attachment the state court election challenge. Trump filed it, as Carter noted, without rectifying, clarifying, or changing the bogus fraud numbers. The federal lawsuit filed by Trump also included that a footnote that Carter characterized Trump as a Trump attempt to disclaim his responsibility over the misleading allegations. Trump said in the footnote he was only relying on the figures that had been presented to him. But by his attorney's own admissions, that's Eastman, the information provided to him was that the alleged voter fraud numbers were inaccurate. And let's not forget, Dana, the Department of Justice has Eastman's phone. (laughs) Yeah, which is a beautiful thing. And none of this is fucking surprising. You and I watched the January 6th hearing live at Kathy's house a week ago. Mm -hmm. We know he knew all of this shit and continued publicly to say something different. We know it. Yeah, yeah. I love this next story. Fox News chief executive, the executive officer, her name's Suzanne Scott. Well, she's expected to be deposed in the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit filed against the media giant Fox News by Dominion Voting Systems. This is from the New York Times. Dominion is suing Fox, along with allies of former President Donald Trump, for claiming that its electronic voting machine stole votes from Trump and switched them to then-Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden in that 2020 election. Well, the allegations are but one facet of Trump's world's debunked conspiracy theories that the contest between the twice-impeached ex-president 
And Biden was rigged and rife with fraud. I love how New York Times just slides in these little slides. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, Scott, quote, has emerged as one of the central figures in the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox by Dominion, in which the voting company accuses Fox News, their executives, of juicing ratings and profits by repeatedly airing false information about Dominion, which is so fucking true. Mm -hmm. We know this, and that's from the New York Times. And he went on to say, according to several people closely involved in the case, lawyers for Dominion are expected to depose her very soon. A judge has granted Dominion access to her emails and text messages from the period after the 2020 election when Fox anchors and guests amplified some of the most outrageous falsehoods about Dominion and its supposed role in a plot to steal the election. This is fucking huge. Emails and text messages. But as the Times pointed out, the pro-Trump messaging that Fox has been promulgating do not necessarily reflect Scott's personal views. So there's that which could lead to hefty consequences for the network. Well, the aforementioned communications, quote, contained at least one instance in which Ms. Scott expressed skepticism about the dubious claims of voter fraud that her network had been promoting. A recent court proceeding revealed that. That kind of evidence, AG, is what Dominion hopes will ultimately convince a jury that Fox broadcast information it knew, it knew to be false, which would leave the company on the hook for significant damages, also from the New York Times. Now, Scott has also expressed skepticism about Trump's numerous denials about losing to Biden in general. And this is a quote. One colleague recalled that in a meeting shortly after the 2020 election, Ms. Scott seemed in disbelief. as She described how people she considered otherwise serious and rational that they thought there was any chance Mr. Trump could legitimately stop President Biden's inauguration. This is again from The Times adding that Scott had, quote, warned against giving the crazies an inch. So Ooh. she was like, don't do this. I wonder if she's going to be, uh, her testimony is going to be helpful to Dominion, as it sounds like. Um, I know, it sounds like it could be the opposite, unfortunately, but. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But uh, it's a pretty strong case. All right, content warning for assault and all around disgusting behavior. Randy Kaufman was allegedly caught masturbating outside of a preschool. This is a Republican candidate running for an Arizona college district's governing board was arrested on a charge of public sexual indecency after an officer caught him masturbating in his truck near a preschool. Randy Kaufman was arrested October 4th, but suspended his campaign Tuesday following media reports of his arrest. Kaufman is running for the governing board of the Maricopa County Community College District and was allegedly caught masturbating by the county's community college police. Quote, I fucked up, Kaufman told an officer during his arrest. The report says the incident began when an officer with the Maricopa County Community College Police approached Kaufman's parked vehicle and saw oh, the man Jesus. with his pants down. Kaufman, quote, appeared to be looking at a cell phone in one hand. I immediately became alarmed as I saw Kaufman had his pants down mid-thigh and was exposed, showing his fully erect nude penis. Kaufman was manipulating his genitals in a masturbatory manner, unquote. Ew. I guess that's the most professional way um, to yeah. write that. Um, yeah. The officer said Kaufman didn't seem to notice the officer at first, Jesus. but that Kaufman was in view of a nearby bicyclist and a preschool where children were playing outside. When confronted, the officer said Kaufman apologized. I'm sorry. I fucked up. I'm really stressed. That was his uh, excuse. Kaufman, who told police he works as an officer with the Arizona Department of Corrections for 27 Jesus years, said Christ. he didn't know there was a preschool just a few feet away. Are you going to put that in the report? He asked the officer. Uh, don't you see how alarming that is? The officer responded. 
that there are children nearby, people passing on bikes and in cars when they can look and see what you're doing, unquote. So, yeah, I'm I'm putting it in the report. Fucking alarming. I'm glad the cop did that they should have done on this. And last in this section, Donald Trump acknowledged in 2019 that letters he wrote, this is killing me, to Kim Jong-un that he later took with him upon leaving the White House that they were secret. And that's according to recordings, recordings of an interview he gave to journalist Bob Woodward, who we've seen he tells all the fucking things to. Yeah. And what that does is it calls into question the credibility of one of Trump's main defenses in the investigation into his unauthorized retention of government documents. Also, what it sounds like is he's just keeping you. Have you ever kept a letter or a card from an ex like in a, in a box? Mm. That's what it yeah. feels like. Just a love letter. Yeah, that that except the ones I have aren't classified. Classified. Yeah. <laughs> in December of that year, Trump shared with Woodward the letters that Kim had written to him saying, quote, nobody else has them but I want you to treat them with respect and don't say I gave them to you, okay? Now, I know that was a bad Trump impression, but... Don't say I gave them to you. A little bit of consciousness of guilt there? A little bit. That was according to recordings, recordings, recordings obtained by CNN and the Washington Post. When, in a phone call the following month, Woodward asked to see what Trump had written to North Korean leader, the president replied, oh, those are also top secret. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Those are top... Okay, just checking. The comments contradicted Trump's claim that he took no government secrets with him upon leaving the White House in January of 2021. In reality, the National Archives, which is tasked, as we know, with preserving the records of the former presidents, well, it spent much of 2021 trying to get the Kim letters back from Donald, only succeeding earlier this year. The statements, including the Trump tapes, Bob Woodward's 20 interviews with President Trump, set for release on Tuesday... I'm so fucking annoyed, though, that there's so much information in this stuff. It's just like releasing a book. Also raised questions about the credibility of his defense to the allegations that he allegedly kept government secrets at his South Florida resort, Mar-a-Lago. So he's saying the quiet part out loud on tape again, as he does. Yeah. And this will be, this is released as a book. This was held on to for a book. So he knows what classified means. Yep. He sure <laughs> and does. he knows he's not supposed to show them to people. I'd be surprised if this doesn't show up and an indictment for espionage from the Department of Justice or obstruction or 2071. Um, because, yeah, he just admitted on tape. Can't show you these things. They're classified and they're at my house. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll be right back with Miriam T. We're going to discuss a local bake shop, mm Cakes, here in San Diego mm-hmm. that has come under attack from right wing extremists. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you struggling with the political upheaval of the current moment? Maybe you're trying to figure out how to keep going and fight for a better world. Well, starting in October, we're bringing you a brand new podcast made for the here and now. It's called Living Through It with ECM, a podcast for interesting times. Hosted by me, Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, a renowned activist and leadership expert, Living Through It hosts weekly interviews with guests who are changing the world from the ground up. We're offering you advice on how to continue working toward a better future in the face of burnout and exhaustion. And our aim is to inspire you, create hope, and share a collective vision for a more just and equitable future. I hope you'll join us on Living Through It with ECM, a podcast for interesting times. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Okay, so there's a little bit of local San Diego drama going on in my neighborhood. And I wanted to talk about it and shine a light on it because it has a lot to do with how important local elections are 
And joining me to talk about what has been happening is a very good friend of mine, <laughs> face of Aspen Gay Ski Week. Okay, yeah. San Diego's crankiest drag queen. Please welcome Miriam T. Hi, Miriam. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. It is so good to see you, my friend. And let's talk about the big D drama here, because there is this wonderful place called Mmm Cakes down in Chula Vista, (laughs) an incredible bakery. They're having their one year anniversary this Saturday with a bunch of events, and they have brought you in to host Disney Villain Trivia, which is going to be amazing. But then all of a sudden, Somebody, a Republican fascist running for a city councilman in Chula Vista named Marco Contreras is putting out all of this negative stuff about you and the bakery. They're attacking the bakery. They're attacking you up on social media, on Instagram. And immediately you get a phone call from the Democratic candidate, city councilwoman, Carolina Chavez. to discuss this attack on you and the small business, the privately owned small business that Republicans pretend that they care about. So tell us what is going on here. Well, I I got reached out by the owners at the bakery who are a fan of my work. I do trivia nights all the time. It's kind of what I'm known for. I'm a game show freak and um, I'm a Disney freak and I'm known for doing Ursula. So they're including Disney as a big part of their one-year celebration. They're doing a lot of Disney treats and stuff. So they reached out to me to host a PG, you know, family-friendly, all-ages welcome trivia. I'm not performing. There is no show. I'm dressed as a giant octopus. I'm coming as Ursula. And I, I'm doing trivia. And it's it's a private event that you have to sign up for at a privately-owned business. And because... You know, this is something that's backfired and I'm going to encourage more businesses that hire drag queens to stop doing this. It says it's a a family friendly event. I think we need to change it to all ages because for whatever reason, family friendly target like triggers these assholes and they lose their mind when they see family friendly and there isn't a white Jesus or a Bible or a Chili's bar and grill attached to it. They lose their mind. And so it just blew up. This guy's running um, in District 1 in Chula Vista. And um, apparently, he's a pastor, apparently, of um, and just super right-wing, like the election was stolen, like those kind of crazy people. And um, I guess they've had some physical violence and stuff. Ms. Chavez told me that him and his team have been going around and stealing signs out of people's yards and just a, a, bunch, a bunch of bullshit. And so he and his, his little cult of followers decided to attack this bakery and... Um, the owners were receiving death threats. Their staff were receiving death threats. You know, they're right down in beautiful Chula Vista in the downtown area, like blossoming with all kinds of businesses and they're scared to keep their doors open. Mm. Um, But the community really came together. I mean, the day after all this happened, they had a line wrapped around to get in the bakery. People were coming out to support Uh, Ms. Chavez and some other constituents were there. Some members from the police force were there. The chief of police has jumped all over this in Chula Vista because they have their own separate police unit separate from the city of San Diego and Mm. chief of police has been super supportive and worked really well with us. Um, But this guy is just a wacko and he is not backing down. Even though if you go look at his page, he's he's really losing in the comments section. It's really not worked out as well for him as I think he thought it would. Yeah. And I I've seen this happen. We, we had this up in Westlake where we had a business attacked for having LGBTQ friendly events or, you know, anything. And this isn't even that this is you as an octopus you know, reading trivia questions in a Disney villain theme. But 
you know, and I always want to amplify this, not only because I think that the city council race is so important and that everybody listening in Chula Vista vote for uh, Carolina Chavez. But I also like to shine a light on these brave businesses and people working with them like you so that we can get because like you, I was so amazed and heartened and like warmed by the community support when when he attacked you in this business. And so that's why I want to put this out to everybody for their support so that they can lend support to events like this and this specific event and this bakery. It's called M Cakes SD. That's MMM Cakes SD on Insta. And if you just have a minute to go down, throw them some love, maybe leave a choice comment on on uh, Mr. Contreras's horrible post, which is really just sicking violent extremists on private business and, and people. Right. Which, you know, that side is, like you said, they're all about the private businesses, right? Until they do something that they don't like or they don't agree with. Right. The morality police, exactly. right? Exactly. And, you know, little do these idiots know that Ursula was based on a drag queen. The number one inspiration for the 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 design of Ursula was uh, was based off Divine. Mm-hmm. And that's that's well known for people that, you know, know Disney and stuff. So these people don't even know what they're attacking. And, you know, they're calling me things like, you know, provocative and a groomer. And if you've ever seen me in drag, you know, I'm one of the least provocative drag queens you'll ever meet in your life. Okay, yeah, I think my favorite is when you come out in overalls and a flannel shirt and do your "Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall." Yeah, it's bit. really provocative. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's super sexy. Yeah, it's it's the brown overalls and the Doc Martens for me. <laughs> yeah, the lesbians just can't contain themselves when I do that number. Mm-hmm. They love it. Yeah, so I don't I don't see how. I mean, well, they got mad over a black aerial. So, of course, they're oh, going to get mad over a male of Ursula. Of course, they lost their mind over Blarial. So, they're going to lose their mind over a male Ursula. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just dubbed her Blarial now. She's black aerial, mm-hmm. just all in one, just to make them even madder. <laughs> but you know what's funny is, you know, some people did some digging and found out that Marco Contreras, his sister is a lesbian and frequents the establishments in Hillcrest. And there's pictures of her, you know, posted at Gossip Grill and places that I work, you know, multiple times a week doing shows and um, she has quite a big following. And as far as I know, has not uh, made a public statement about it, but he was at her lesbian wedding and there are pictures of them together. Yeah. My, my fan base is pretty crazy. So when they found out they went, they went and attacked the people, the the lovely people at the bakery called me and they, they were like, we didn't realize how many fans you had. I said, Oh, you're going to piss off my little, my little teacups and they go crazy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And they really have. If you go look at that comment section on his post, people are just he's he's on the losing side for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what's sad to me is that these type of threats and like you said, the bakery is getting death threats and threats of violence. And that's unacceptable. I mean, to to not be able to freely run your business the way you want to run your business is and it's not like and it's not like this is a mandatory trivia for all children in Chula Vista. This is something you can sign up to sign up for and come to if you want. It's a private event. It's a private event. That's what blows my mind. I'm like, it's a private event. Like I said, it's that word family friendly. Mm-hmm. They see the word family friendly. And if it's not their definition of what family friendly is, they lose their freaking minds and become the morality police. Mm. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm so I'm so glad that the whole community has has rallied behind you and the M Cakes Bakery. Everybody head over to MMM Cakes SD on Instagram. Uh, look them up. 
send them some love. If you're in Chula Vista, go get a delicious treat and tell us about the event on Saturday. Yeah, so from Saturday, they're celebrating all day for their one-year anniversary, but you can catch me from five to seven doing family-friendly, PG-rated Disney villain trivia. I don't know how bad it can be. I believe, I think all the spots might be full. I'm not sure, um, but all of the information is on the M Cakes Instagram page with how to sign up and all of that. And I would love for people just to come. I have a I have a huge group of people that are just coming to stand around to make sure nothing happens. And um, you know, if you want to bring your body and bring your voice and uh, bring an appetite and have a cookie or something, it's uh, it's a great time to just stand around on the sidewalk and make sure people don't lose their minds. Yes, and your ballots in Southern California should be in your mailboxes. If you are in District 1 in Chula Vista, please make sure to vote for Carolina Chavez and not for uh, Mr. Contreras, Marco Contreras. And wherever you are in the country or around the world, I'm not, you know, I don't I'm not sure. Let's just talk about the American elections here, the United States elections. Make sure you vote for people like city council. This is the kind of thing that impacts where we live right up front, where the rubber meets the road. And that's why these local elections are so, so very important. So thank you for bringing, shedding light on this. And thanks to the community here for backing you up. And it's been wonderful to see you, my friend. I thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much. And um, just one other note, Ms. Chavez told me, you know, if you are in District 1 or in Chula Vista, get your friends to vote. Because she said District 1, only 5% of people vote. They have one of the lowest voter turnouts. So 5%. So tell your friends too, because this guy could possibly win. Mm, we definitely don't want that. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, 5%. Uh, wow. That, that like blows my mind. So uh, yeah, same. it really blew my mind too. My secret hope upon hope, the hopes, my hope of hopes is that this jackass has now drawn so much attention to this election that we can see a higher voter turnout. Yeah, I think we might. All right. Well, thank you so much, Miriam T. Where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, I, um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at the Miriam T. That's T H E M A R I A M T. Or you can go to my website and it'll take you to my Instagram. That's sheherme.com. Sheherme.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. Stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Men cannot know the anguish of being ruled ineligible on anatomical grounds beyond one's control. Slaves can perhaps understand eunuchs, too, and perhaps even those doomed nobles like the deposed Emperor Romanos Diogenes, whose eyes have been put out. But not men. This podcast is brought to you by Empress, The Secret History of Anna Kay, the new book by Greg Oliar, now available on Amazon. If the truth is ever to be told, I am the only one left to tell it, and tell it I must. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, pet photos, pet tax, pod tic tacs. <laughs> pod tic tacs. Dogs eating Tic Tacs. I have watched that clip of us with the what? What? Yeah, dropping oh, the kitties cats. All over the oh city. my god! Oh, you know what? I didn't realize, Ag, how much your voice and mine sound alike. I had no idea until I watched that clip. I was like, wait, was that me? Was that her? What? What? Our laughs are different, but yeah, it was weird. I was like, yeah. no idea. So, anything you want to send to us, you can do it at dailyweedspod.com and click on contact and make sure you're registered to vote and that you know how to vote and tell your family members to vote. And if they aren't going to vote, tell them to just vote for you. 
Um, just do it for me. Um, and, you know, maybe we can get another one or two votes in there. Yes, please. First up from Kay Comey, pronoun she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. I'm sending in a comment good news in hopes you will read this comment and continue my efforts of turning my mother into a fellow Daily Beans listener. Shout out to my mom, Anne. Hi, Anne. I recently told her about the show during a conversation with her and tried my best to sell her on listening to the podcast. It's a work in progress. So keep up the good work of telling us listeners about what's going on in Trump land, because that guy is living in his own fantasy world. You do an awesome job of keeping me and the rest of us up to date with that three ring circus with lots of swearing and laughter along the way. Anyway, I've attached the requisite pet tax of my adopted house panther void kitty named Leo. I have also included a photo of his toe beans for you, the beans queens. He's a good companion who is part scaredy cat, sassy pants and mama's boy. As someone with mental health issues, it's a big help to me when I need a snuggle as my unofficial support animal. I have trained him to sleep next to me at night in his own round bed thingy. He helps make my days a little better. Send me some good vibes. Uh, Send them my way because I'm going through a rough patch right now. All right. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. P.S. No, I'm not really related to the former FBI Comey. At least that's what my dad says. Shrug. And Ooh, look at these kitties' eyes. Kay Comey, we're sending you all the love. This looks just like my boobs, kitty. My, my look at the paw. Toe beans. Toe beans. I, I love it. I'd be interested to know if your cat has secret stripes too in the sun they show. And if you're listening, just join the family. Mm-hmm. And all right. We love you. We love you. This is from Patty, pronoun she and her. Hi, beans, queens, and honorary queen, Pete. (laughs) This is my happy place. I've been working on my butterfly garden for several months now. Every plant has a purpose. They're either host plants for the caterpillars or they feed the butterflies and the bees. I spend spend every early evening here and most weekends. I have about seven different species and come to visit and my monarchs love to do flybys while I putter about. I love this about them. The first pick is for my garden at night. Kudos to my wife for the perfect picture. The next picture is a collage of some of the butterflies. We have swallowtails, a queen, and a monarch. The final collage in the garden is in the garden during the day, along with a picture of zebra longtail. Thanks for keeping us sane and informed. Wow, that garden space looks super zen and lovely. Oh, I love the umbrella. Look at those butterflies. Oh, my God. What a cool idea. The plants are specifically for caterpillars and butterflies. The zebra longtail is beautiful. I did learn, though, that you don't want butterflies to land on your hands because the oils from them can hurt your wings. Yeah, leave them alone. Don't touch. I'm not talking to the butterfly garden. I'm sure she (laughs) You're you're allowed to touch your butterflies. (laughs) I'm just talking to everybody. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And then you touch their wings and then, woo, it gets bad for them. Uh, And you want to grab the next one, too, because it's amazing. Sure. Absolutely. This is from Josie J. No pronouns given. My sister nabbed this pic of a squirrel chewing away at her porch pumpkin. It's a classic. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. This is adorable. That's fantastic. Hello, squirrel. Hello, squirrel. squirrel. Next up for me, I had a friend who posted on social media that they take a pumpkin and they put some like yummy... I can't remember what it is, vegetable oil maybe, uh, like in the shape of eyes and a mouth and let the squirrels come and eat it. And it's t- and it looks terrifying. It makes the most terrifying looking jam. That's brilliant, actually. Yeah. Next up from Amy, pronoun she and her. Good day, beans, goddesses. You are tied with coffee for the first and best part of my morning category. Our queen cat, Sabrina's theme song is the Imperial March from Star Wars. We sing mean, 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 mean. She then tells us in her high-pitched voice, she's not mean, we're just stupid. I really do love this cat. I also have a shit kid say, 
I don't know what my 14-year-old was talking to his friends about while they were gaming, but I heard my kids say, quote, it's just like Martin Van Buren being blamed for all the crap Andrew Jackson did, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not sure he had the analogy exactly right, but props for paying attention. Yeah, goddammit. Thanks so much for being our sweary light in the darkness. Vote blue and may justice prevail. Picks attached are the queen herself looking regal and one of my happy places on our farm. The farthest hill is in New York, about eight miles as the crow flies. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Hi, kitty. I love it. All right. This is from Emily, pronoun she and her. Hi, I wanted to send a (laughs) cute picture of my sons in this year's Halloween costumes. They've been too excited about them and have been wearing them (laughs) to play outside. I hope they make it through Halloween. Also including a picture of a kitten from a friend's litter. We will be adopting one of them this coming Friday. Neither my husband nor I have ever had a cat at any point in our lives, so wish us luck. I hope that the kitten gets along with our two-year-old dog, Ruby. Oh my God, Super Mario Brothers are adorable. <laughs> yeah, Emily, you ever have any cat questions, just uh, just send them on in. Look at the kitten. And look at Ruby. Oh, it's a tuxedo too, dude. They're the best. Okay. Well, they're all, all cats are the best, really. But, you know, I'm partial to tuxedos because I have one right now. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mario and Luigi, absolutely stunning. Did you, did you make those? Those are fantastic costumes. I know. Those are really good costumes and they're loving them. I like how they're cheesing in them. It's so good. I like how they play in them. It's not even Halloween. And they're like, I hope they last until Halloween. That's so great. They love them so much. Thanks, everybody, for sending in your stuff. Anne, I hope you had a good time today. Uh, welcome to the Leguminati. That's what we call listeners of the Daily Beans. And uh, if you, anyone has anything you want to send to us, please do so by going to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And also with that pumpkin eating squirrel thing, look that up before you put anything on a pumpkin, because I don't know exactly what it is that's safe and non-toxic for animals. Good call. So please look that up before you do. And feel free to send in corrections if you have them. We'll bring it up on the next show. Do you have any final thoughts today? No thoughts for today. No thoughts at all, actually. Apparently no final, no starting, no thoughts. Hey, that's very zen, uh, is all I can say about that. Uh, you know, to clear your head of all thoughts, it's, that's nirvana. Really? That's what I'm doing. What did you just say? <laughs> what were we just talking about? What were we just talking about? Why am I here? What is money? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be back tomorrow in your ears. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. For God's sakes, to everyone you know with you. Everyone you know. Take them all. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>